Welcome to the Arkansas Inc. podcast, where we discuss the latest topics and trends in economic development with subject matter experts and influencers from across the nation and around the world. Welcome to the Arkansas Inc. podcast. This is Clark Cogbill, Director of Marketing for the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. We are recording today's podcast, as we always do, from Lucky Dog Audio, based in downtown Little Rock. In Arkansas, small businesses are the heart of our state's economy. In fact, about half of working Arkansans are employed by a small business. Earlier this year, the Arkansas Economic Development Commission announced that it was creating the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Division. One reason behind the creation of the new division was to streamline AEDC's services and meet the needs of small businesses and entrepreneurs more efficiently. Catherine Andrews was named director of the division. Catherine previously served as project manager with AEDC's business development division for the past five years, and she is the first to lead the newly established division. As director, she is responsible for guiding AEDC's efforts to assist, champion, and promote small businesses and entrepreneurs, as well as identifying and implementing best practices to increase entrepreneurial activity in Arkansas. She has hit the ground running in this new role, but she's taking time to join us today. Catherine, welcome to the Arkansas Inc. podcast. Thank you for having me. Also joining us today from Conway, Arkansas, is Dr. Jeff Standridge. Jeff is Managing Director for The Conductor, a public-private partnership between the University of Central Arkansas and Startup Junkie. The Conductor's mission is to empower entrepreneurs, innovators, and makers. He also serves as Managing Director of Innovation Junkie, a consulting firm that helps organizational leaders generate sustained results through innovation, strategy, profit growth, organizational effectiveness, and leadership. He was formerly a Vice President for Axiom Corporation. He serves as co-founder of Cadron Capital Partners and also teaches entrepreneurial finance and innovation leadership in the College of Business at the University of Central Arkansas. Further, he is a two-time best-selling author of The Innovator's Field Guide, Accelerators for Entrepreneurs, Innovators, and Change Agents, and The Top Performer's Field Guide, Catalysts for Leaders, Innovators, and All Who Aspire to Be, as well as multiple other books. He is also retired from the U.S. Army, Arkansas Army National Guard, and holds a Doctor of Education with special work in leadership and organizational development, as well as a Master's of Education with special work in human resource development. Jeff is a busy man, and he has carved out time with us today. Dr. Jeff Standridge, welcome. Hey, thanks, Clark. It's, uh, it's great to be with you guys today. I appreciate the opportunity. We appreciate you. I'm going to start with a question for Catherine. Uh, Catherine, as you know, it's not every day that we create new divisions at the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. Can you give us a little more background behind the decision to launch the new Small Business and Entrepreneurship Development Division? Sure. So this new division was created in May of this year. Um, it was established so that we could streamline some of our services in the agency and meet the needs of small businesses and entrepreneurs more efficiently. This new division is going to serve as a one-stop shop by offering small business resources that previously existed through several of our other divisions. Um, so we are going to streamline a lot of our processes and procedures, uh, hopefully make it a much more comprehensive 
and easy to follow strategy for uh, when we when we talk to entrepreneurs and when we reach those audiences. So yeah, AEDC has been supporting small businesses and women-owned businesses and things like that for decades. But some of those services were in various divisions within the agency. So now we have one division that's focused on small business and entrepreneurship development. Right. So in the past, when a small business owner or an entrepreneur would call us and say, hey, what kind of resources do you guys have for us? We would say, okay, go talk to this person and this division and here's these resources in this other division and so they would end up talking to three or four people at the same time and it would get super confusing for them so hopefully this will streamline all of those processes and make it much easier on them great so as director of this new division tell us about your role so my new role will be basically working with all of those companies to develop their plans. Um, We in no way are going to take the place of uh, any coaching or mentorship or business plan writing organizations that are already out there, but our role will be serving as a connector. So not only will we be helping identify what incentives these companies may qualify for, but we'll also be connecting them with different resources statewide. So I'll be helping in that effort as well as developing the different policies and procedures and um, creation of the new division. Because again, like you said, this is a new division, so we have to build it from the ground up. um, And that is quite an undertaking. So developing the procedures and policies and processes for how we are going to streamline these new incentive um, programs is is going to be a big part of the role that I'll play. And a much-needed role. So Catherine and Jeff actually work together on the Board of Science and Technology through the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. So a question for each of you to jump in on. Tell us a little bit about the incentives that are available through the state of Arkansas, through AEDC, for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Sure. So we have a very large toolbox of resources and incentives just for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, We have our traditional business development incentives, which target the larger manufacturing centers, large headquarters, uh, facilities, but we do have targeted specific incentives just for, again, small business owners and entrepreneurs. So uh, when one of those companies calls us, we'll say, okay, tell us about your idea or your company or your expansion. What is your business plan? What is your uh, expansion plan for the next year, next five years? What does that growth look like? And then we're able to figure out, okay, here's what you'd qualify for and at what level. So some of our incentives are statutory and some of them are discretionary. Uh, so based on some of those those numbers, uh, job creation numbers, technology and investments, we're able to figure out what values we can give to some of those discretionary incentives. So those include everything from income tax credits based on total new payroll to sales and use tax refunds on the purchase of building materials and equipment. So if you are opening a new lab space, if you are opening a manufacturing space, or if you're growing and opening a new office and you're buying desks, phones, computers, you can get some sales tax refunded on that. 
Um, we also have an equity investment tax credit program, which is one of our more aggressive programs, um, one that is highly competitive and one uh, that's there's not many like it in the United States, so we're pretty uh, happy to have that in our in our toolbox. But we've also got some programs like the Seed Capital Investment, SBIR Matching Grant, and our Technology Development Program, which uh, is a royalty-based investment for growing companies that are developing a technology uh, we use that as an injection to help them grow. You know, Clark, for, for folks that are out there listening, I, I would kind of put all of those, and, and Catherine's right, we've got lots of tools in the toolbox. I'd put them into two categories. If they are a growing company and they know they're going to be adding employees or they're adding them today and they can make a reasonable projection out over the next two to three years plus of what they think that growth is going to look like, they need to get in touch with Catherine and her team for some of those uh payroll tax-based uh, incentives. If they are developing technology, uh, so let's say they've, they've secured an SBIR or an STTR grant, that's a small business innovation research grant or a, a small business technology transfer grant from a federal agency, then they should contact the uh, Catherine and the team for, uh, for access to some of our matching grants. Or if they're developing technology and are looking to commercialize that technology, uh, they ought to be looking uh, for some of those technology development program investments as well. So growing and can project what that growth is going to look like from an employee perspective or developing technology with the intent of commercializing it. Those are two kind of big buckets that you ought to explore if you're one of those folks out there, one or more of those folks out there. Great information that uh, more people need to know about uh, and some incentives and programs that are available. And there are a lot of resources throughout the state one of those resources is the conductor. Uh, Jeff, as leader of the conductor, give us an overview of that organization and what uh, you're doing to help entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses. Sure thing. So the conductor is a public-private partnership, as you said, between the University of Central Arkansas and Startup Junkie Consulting, which is our business partners that are focused on the northwest part of the state. We're based primarily in uh, Central Arkansas, yet we serve officially serve 11 counties around the area where we're located here in Conway. We do, however, feel as though we have a statewide remit, if you will. And I know uh, my business partner, Jeff Amorite, and the Startup Junkie team feel the same way as well. You know, as, as you mentioned, our mission is to empower entrepreneurs, innovators, and makers. I like to throw an additional word in there, and, and that's inspire. So to inspire and empower uh, entrepreneurs, innovators, and makers. And we do that through a variety of work plans and work products, if you will. So uh, one of the first and foremost is coaching, mentoring, and consulting. So we we meet with several hundred entrepreneurs uh, on a on an annual basis, providing one on one or one on few. Uh, sometimes they bring in their their leadership teams or their top two people in the company, and we provide coaching, consulting, mentoring. Whether that's in new product development, whether that's in startup, or maybe it's an existing business that's been around for a while, and we and we work to help them grow their business. They come into us for everything from help me look through my financials and see where I can make improvements to help me become bankable, help me look for uh, access to capital for uh, from venture investors to, hey, I need to hire some people and I don't really know how to hire salespeople. Uh, so a variety of coaching, consulting, and mentoring. And, and we also try to connect them with community resources uh, through our network whom we know might have specific areas of expertise. 
And and then, of course, we're, we're constantly engaged in a number of uh, workshops, trainings, uh, whether that's in the makerspace uh, or that's in more of a classroom setting or, or a community setting where we're, we're educating them on a variety of topics as well. And there's a connection between uh, the conductor and Startup Junkie. Can you explain that connection? Sure. So Startup Junkie has been in business doing the same kind of work, predominantly in Northwest Arkansas, for about 15 years. And somewhere around eight years ago, uh, I was chair of the Conway Chamber 2013 and started started asking the question, why, why don't we have more startup activity in Conway? Uh, at that time, three institutions of higher education were located here. We now have a fourth, uh, a large presence with Axiom Corporation. At that time, a very large presence with Hewlett Packard. And we just weren't spinning up startup activity, new starts, if you will. And so put together a committee to start looking at that. And, and we spent several months talking to entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. And what came out of that after probably about 15 months of work is a relationship between the University of Central Arkansas and then President Courtway and Startup Junkie Consulting to look at the assets and the opportunities that existed in Central Arkansas and to see how UCA could play a role in helping to usher in, if you will, a movement in central Arkansas, very similar to what uh, Jeff Amarad and the Startup Junkie team had done up in northwest Arkansas. And so that led to uh, about a nine-month study of, of those assets and opportunities uh, that led to the creation of a plan and then ultimately an adoption of that plan uh, by the University of Central Arkansas Board of Trustees. And so uh, we are technically a uh, under contract with UCA, the Startup Junkie uh, organization is under contract with with UCA to run this organization that I lead here in Central Arkansas called the Conductor. So it's one team with two brands and two physical locations serving the statewide remit. And a lot of high energy people, I might add. We have between the two locations, uh, the two the two uh, groups. We have about thirty three, thirty four people. About half of those are here. About half of those are in Northwest Arkansas, and. Um, I go home tired every day, tired but happy, uh, but I go home tired every day because I am surrounded with lots of high energy, high impact, what I call high speed and low drag people. <laughs> well, you heard it first on the Arkansas Inc. podcast that Jeff Standridge does get tired. Uh, <laughs> well, so I'm going to stay with you for another question. Jeff, you wear a lot of hats. Uh, you're involved in a lot of things, but with all of the different organizations and initiatives you're involved in, there are some common themes innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership. W what makes you so passionate about these topics? Well, each of them has a, a little bit of a different origin story behind it. So uh, I, I was very entrepreneurial, was mowing, mowing yards by the time I was in the third grade and um, wow. worked all the way through uh, elementary, junior high, and high school at a gas station muffler shop. Uh, so much, uh, by the time I was in the ninth grade, I could literally cut the exhaust system off of an automobile at the manifold and, and bend and re-weld re, uh, uh, the pipe all the way back. Uh, these days, I can make a lot of money as a welder if I still had the skills, <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, when I graduated the University of Central Arkansas and UAM, UAMS, I was on the helicopter team at Arkansas Children's Hospital, and I actually purchased that gas station and muffler shop and a uh, small mechanic shop in, in my hometown. And uh, that was my first, you know, real formal entrepreneurial endeavor where I actually had risks. Uh, and so I've, I've, I've been entrepreneurial for, for a very, very long time. 
from an innovation perspective, I actually left a career in healthcare to go to Axiom Corporation because of the work that I was doing as I was studying for my doctorate in leadership and organizational uh, development. And that was looking at the differences between high performers and average performers in the, in, among healthcare practitioners. And Axiom wanted to replicate that same research among IT folks. So I went into Axiom as more of a corporate innovator or a change agent, as it's called, and, and spent 20 years there doing that. In about 2007 or 2008, I guess it was, the Axiom uh, organization was going through, at that time publicly traded, was going through a private equity deal. And we, we missed our numbers in, in a quarter in the midst of that deal. The credit market started tumbling as a result of the uh, pending economic crisis. The bikers pulled out of that deal. The investors pulled out of that deal. And the Axiom stock went from about $28 a share down to $6 a share. I was 42 years old at that time. And, you know, I was completely vested and heavily, heavily overweighted, if you will, in my, in my retirement investments in, in Axiom Corporation. And I made a decision at that time that I was going to begin diversifying over time. I was going to keep my, my Axiom investments, but I was going to begin investing in local businesses and startups that I could feel and touch and provide guidance and advice to and, and what have you. I'd, I'd done two startups for Axiom Corporation, one in Poland and one in China uh, by that time. And then I had done some uh, acquisitions in the Middle East and, and uh, Brazil and, and around the United States. So I was not unfamiliar with the space. I had just been doing it within the safety net of a corporate salary. And so um, I acquired an insurance group uh, in uh, 2010 that made itself uh, available as a result of the, the immediately prior economic crisis and some other issues. And I, I invested in several other businesses and helped some founders start businesses. And so each of those, as I said, has its own origin story, but they all, um, they all really, if I were to tie the unifying theme is on my 50th birthday, actually about, and that, by the way, that would be five years ago in November. Uh, about six months before that, I had decided that at that time that I had spent about half of my life focused on making a living, and I wanted to spend the second half focused on making more of a difference. And so on my 50th birthday, November the 30th of, of uh, 2016, uh, I left Axiom Corporation, and a few weeks later, we started The Conductor, and then a few uh, months later started Cadron Capital Partners, and uh, I've just continued the work from there. So Three different origin stories kind of tied to this unifying theme of really wanting to make a difference in the state of Arkansas. Well, I think all of that experience that you've had in your career is bringing a lot of value to startups, small business people, entrepreneurs across the state. Well, I appreciate that. I, I hope it is. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about the things I've seen happen over the course of the last few years. Uh, not the least of which is the creation of the new Small Business and Entrepreneurship Development Division and the appointment of Catherine to lead that. Very, very excited about the work, Catherine, that you're doing and, and, uh, and the uh, pending many, many successes of that division. We're excited as well. So back to Catherine with a question. Catherine, uh, as we're talking about small businesses and entrepreneurs in Arkansas, what does the small business landscape in the state look like from your perspective? So it's very diverse. One of the amazing things about Arkansas is we have an incredibly diversified economy, and that bleeds down into small business. So not only are we diversified in larger industries and manufacturing and agriculture and the timber industry and metals, but that also, again, bleeds down into the small business arena. So 
central Arkansas has kind of established itself as the birthplace, the global leader of, of the fintech industry. You've got a lot of logistics and retail companies, small businesses up in northwest Arkansas, a lot of biotech coming out of there and out of central Arkansas. You've got a lot of agriculture in the Delta regions, which breeds small business innovation. So, you know, none of those are specific to each of those regions, but you can find those in in greater quantities uh, in each of those regions in Arkansas. And that's what makes the landscape of Arkansas so unique um, because we are so diverse. I might even add in the wood basket in the southwest section of the state, you really have some thought leaders in the area of timber and paper products. And some of those folks like Dr. Matt Pelkey at the University of Arkansas Monticello, he's been a guest on this podcast. Right. I would agree. Um, I think the landscape, the physical geography of Arkansas lends itself to some really creative and innovative new startups. And so, Catherine, what kind of resources are available to entrepreneurs and small business owners in the state? One of the great things about Arkansas that I have observed is that we have an incredible amount of resources for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Some of those include mentorship, coaching and consultation organizations. We have a multitude of incubator spaces across the state. A lot of our universities are coming up with new programs, new maker spaces, new innovation labs. Um, we've got research labs and facilities all across the state, accelerator programs, and also state incentives. So that is one role that our new division is going to take a part of or, or be part of is, is um, helping those small businesses with access to those incentives. I'm going to go back to Jeff now. When you think about entrepreneurs, people starting in their business, thinking about starting their business, maybe they have a business idea. Jeff, what's the most important thing for an entrepreneur to do when they're first starting out? I'd say the most important thing is to not fall in love with the idea that you have, but uh, but rather fall in love with the business problem that you're solving. And to do that, you have to make sure that the business problem is a big enough problem, uh, is is seen as a problem by enough people, and a problem that people have tried to solve previously. So there's a, there's a tailwind there behind it, as I've heard another uh, innovator say before, a tailwind there to solving it, meaning that there, there are people there who will pay you to, to, to solve it for them. One of the things that we help uh, entrepreneurs do is to think about this concept of, number one, is it technically feasible? If you think about a Venn diagram, a three-circle Venn diagram, is it technically feasible? Uh, number two, does it impact enough people? Is it a big enough problem? And number three, will enough of those people pay you the price point required to solve that problem such that it would be a profitable ongoing concern? And so uh, the best businesses sit at kind of the intersection of that three-circle Venn diagram. So we spend a lot of time, whether it's a new product, a new service, a new solution, or an actual new business, uh, helping entrepreneurs step away from their biases, step away from this um, being in love with their, their ideas and helping them qualify and quantify the business problem and then building the business around it. That idea has got to be sustainable, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. So follow-up question, what are the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs face? Well, I would tell you that one of the single greatest challenges is just what I described is they've, they've never been told that before. 
They've never been walked through a process to de-risk their business before they mortgage their house to start it. And so one of the challenges that they have is running forth into the wilderness, throwing money at their idea before they have really quantified or qualified or determined that it's that it's not a feasible business idea or it's not appropriate for that particular market or there aren't enough buyers that are willing to pay the price point you know required. Assuming that they've done a good job of that, then really there are two issues I, I see today. And one is uh, access to capital uh, and whether that's uh, access to their own reserves to be able to seed that company and to get that company to uh, to a viable break-even point and beyond, uh, or that's venture capital or private equity, particularly venture capital in the startup world, uh, that's, that's a struggle to these days, particularly when the economy is like the economy is today, when the stock market's doing well, when the real estate market is doing well, that tends to weed out a lot of the angel investors because why do they have to take uh, significantly greater risks when they can get, you know, 12, 15, 18, sometimes 20% from the stock market, or they can generate significant returns from the real estate market. So, so access to capital. And I'll tell you, a growing uh, issue that I see today is access to talent, you know, getting and keeping talent. And this one impact that I think we're only seeing the, the, a glimpse of today, one impact of the pandemic that we're only seeing a glimpse, glimpse of is the remote workforce, the proliferation, if you will, of the remote workforce, the workforce strategies that are being changed, uh, uh, businesses' workforce strategies that are being changed as a result of the pandemic. Right. You know, traditionally office-based employees and office-based businesses, they're finding out that, hey, you know what? We can do this with a lot fewer people at home and we can, or uh, in our office and we can reduce our footprint, save on real estate and utilities and insurance costs, and we can rotate people and let people work from home. Well, that same thing is, you know, people can work from anywhere now. And I've, I've heard of dozens of people just in my own circle of friends and family who've their, their job went remote and they decided to pick up and move somewhere else, uh, whether that's to Colorado or Montana or Wyoming or wherever there was a good broad, broadband uh, access. And so that's something that I think the state of Arkansas is going to have to uh, really deal with. And I know the governor's uh, recovery task force has talked about access to broadband, which is going to be a critical issue. Number one. Right. And number two, uh, making sure that communities like, for instance, Conway, Arkansas, which I believe happens to be the best place in the world to live, <laughs> that we have the amenities, the community amenities to not only attract, but retain those people who have more choices today than they've ever had about where they live. Right. You know, the pandemic definitely bad overall on the on the global economy. But to your point, some things that are coming out of it, this remote work concept that that probably is here to stay could work in Arkansas's favor. I mean, we know Arkansas has one of the lowest costs of livings mm -hmm. uh, across the nation. And, you know, if you can live anywhere you want to, why not live in beautiful Arkansas with a low cost of living? And and I will tell you that that is very attractive for employers looking to to base their companies here. And for people who are more financially astute, you're, you're exactly right. Unfortunately, the general populace today is not as financially astute. And so we see that because of the amounts of debt that get racked up and the fact that, you know, over 50% of the people really spend more than they earn today and they use credit cards to finance the balance. I know this podcast is not about personal finance, but that fact being influences where people live. And, and so the cost of living to an individual 
isn't what it once was. And so we have to also then provide quality of life and, and quality of place uh, in addition to that cost of living. Great points. So let's dig into that a little bit more about Arkansas itself. For both of you, and I'll start with Catherine, what makes Arkansas a good place to start a small business? If I could go anywhere with my small business, you know, why why come to Arkansas? Why start my business here? I think Arkansas is, obviously, I think Arkansas is one of the best places to start a small business and sustain that small business and grow that small business because... Yes, although Arkansas is a small state, we have an incredible amount of success stories. I mean, take a look at Sam Walton growing that business into Fortune One uh, and countless others. One of the great things about Arkansas is, is our sense of community. Everyone wants their neighbor to succeed. And Arkansas, for anyone that lives here, knows everybody knows everybody. And you can call somebody who knows the CEO of one company and get you hooked up with them in five seconds, and you can walk across the street and make a business connection. It's it's one of those places where, again, everybody wants their neighbor to succeed. Everyone wants to to grow those small businesses and economy and see see our small businesses thrive. Another amazing thing about a small business in Arkansas is uh, our political climate and our business-friendly climate. We have a mandated balanced budget, so you'll see in Arkansas that there's not as much ebb and flow of the recessions and downturns as you'll see in other states. So we are able to keep a pretty balanced flow of business in Arkansas. And again, with with the tax cuts that have come in, in the recent years and that are coming in the future, you know, this is a great place. Again, mentioned the, the cost of living. Not only is are those costs of, of doing business lower here in Arkansas, but the quality of life and the quality of place is uh, second to none. Jeff, what would you add to what Catherine said about what makes Arkansas a good place to start a small business? Well, as as Catherine mentioned, our low cost of living, that, that translates directly into uh, lower cost employees. And I learned that when I was managing Axiom's Global Workforce Strategy. Just to give you an example, I could put a software developer in central Arkansas for about thirty dollars to $50,000 a year uh, less expensively than what I could put one in California or New York or even Chicago for that matter. And uh, and that that's significant when when you are trying to build a technology workforce that is significant in terms of of helping you generate a longer runway to to financial break even or profitability. So uh, low cost of living leads to lower cost of wages, so to speak, for the same jobs in uh, relative to other states. You know, the other thing I would say is the want to. <laughs> if that's even a if that's even a word, certainly here in the South, it's a concept. But the want to, you know, we. Arkansas is a want-to state. We want to support entrepreneurs. We do a good job of supporting entrepreneurs and small business owners for all the reasons that Catherine mentioned a few moments ago. And, and I think that makes us attractive in, in, in and of itself. Well, I think the want-to is definitely a real factor when it comes to collaboration and access, working together, wanting to see each other succeed. I think that translates into a positive business environment. Mm -hmm. All right, back to both of you for this question. I'll start with Catherine. 
Is there one book, podcast, other resource, video that you would recommend an entrepreneur or small business owner read or watch to give them a better idea or some great ideas on how to run a small business? One of my favorite podcasts is called Robin Hood Snacks. It is a very short, easily digestible podcast. Um, It doesn't take up a whole lot of your time during your day. You can listen to it on your way to work. It is all about just basic business news with the financial strategy focus. So they cover what's happening in the business and tech industry uh, in a fun, exciting way. Robin Hood Snacks. Robin Hood Snacks. Okay, check that one out. Jeff, I'll ask you, and it's okay if you want to recommend one of your many books or (laughs) some of the several podcasts that you're associated with. Well, I I would be remiss if I didn't say the Startup Junkies podcast that is hosted by Jeff Amarine, the founder of of, uh, Startup Junkie Consulting up in Northwest Arkansas. They do a great job of putting uh, entrepreneurs and uh, uh, on there and and, um, and it's it's got, uh, I think, downloads in about 100 countries now, and, and uh, they do a really great job. The, the last couple of books that I have spent some time with that I would certainly recommend for small business owners to take and use today, uh, one of those is called Traction by Gino Wickman, and it, it has to do with uh, what he refers to as his entrepreneurial operating system, Traction by Gino Wickman. And then Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. Uh, many of you may remember Donald Miller uh, the best-selling author of Building a Story Brand, and has created a book called Business Made Simple, 60 Days to Master Leadership, Sales, Marketing, Execution, Management, Personal Productivity, and more. And the interesting thing about it is it, it comes with a kind of a drip campaign, if you will. If you register your book, your purchase of the book, you get a daily email with a daily video blip for about 60 days that guides you through very specific activities to carry out and exercises all geared toward the purpose of growing your business. And so I would highly recommend those. Traction and business made simple. Yes, sir. I also just want to add, as we said earlier, uh, Jeff is a prolific author. There's a series of books that Jeff has authored. Field guides, Jeff, how many field guides are out there today? Well, there are only two field guides out there today. The first one's called the Innovators Field Guide, which you you mentioned in the Top Performers Field Guide. And these books are, uh, they're, they're written in, very digestible snippets. There are 52 chapters, and each of those chapters uh, is preceded by, of course, a title and a quote that kind of uh, whets the appetite of the reader, followed by about a three to five minute, very short anecdotal type of reading, and then three to four questions for reflection or action or consideration following the chapters. It's borrowed a devotional style, if you will, but it's, it's really very practical uh, business leadership and, and entrepreneurial guidance. The most recent book that we've published is uh, published in partnership with um, Jeff Amara, and we call Creating Startup Junkies, uh, Building Sustainable Venture Ecosystems in Unexpected Places. And uh, it has done very, very well and continues to do well. Uh, It is being picked up all around the country today. Uh, But it's really focused on taking what we, what has been Jeff Amara's life, life work the last 15 years and my life's work the last seven or eight years of building a sustainable entrepreneurial ecosystem, but doing it in places that aren't your traditional uh, coastal uh, ecosystems like uh, Silicon Valley or, or in Boston or, or, or down in Austin or, or what have you, looking at very unexpected places and helping those places in the middle America, the heartland, if you will, uh, learn from our 
trials and tribulations, successes and failures of how to build those sustainable venture ecosystems. Fantastic. So a lot of good ideas for podcasts and books that are recommended by Catherine and Jeff. So I would take that to heart. Jeff and Catherine, uh, for each of you, where can small business owners and entrepreneurs go to learn more? I'll start with Catherine. For the Arkansas Economic Development Commission's resources, you can go to our webpage, which is arkansasedc.com slash SBE. On that webpage, we have everything from our incentives to business resources, the business process, news and success stories, and you'll be able to find our contact info on there. You can even reach out to me at kandrews at arkansasedc.com. That's my email, so feel free to reach out with any questions. If you need to be connected to any resources, I'll be happy to help. Great. And Jeff, how can folks find out more about The Conductor? Sure. For entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs, I'll direct you to two websites. One is arconductor.org. That's arconductor.org. If you're up in Northwest Arkansas, that's startupjunkie.org, startupjunkie.org. And that's for, as I said, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, small business owners below, you know, about $10 million of annualized revenue. If you're in the, the much larger size and you want to talk about innovation, leadership, or strategic growth, you can go to innovationjunkie.com. That's innovationjunkie.com. Well, a lot of fantastic information today on this podcast, a lot of great advice. I would like to thank our guests on today's episode, Catherine Andrews, Director of the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Development Division at the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, and Dr. Jeff Standridge, Managing Director for both The Conductor and Innovation Junkie. You've been listening to the Arkansas Inc. Podcast. This is Clark Cogbill, Director of Marketing with the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. For more information about AEDC, visit our website at arkansasedc.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in.